Good morning. It is Monday, April 4th, 2022, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Good morning. Uh, since we last talked, USDA survey of farmers' planning intentions resulted in a much bigger than expected cut to corn acres and a bigger than expected increase in bean acres. Russia's advancements on Ukraine stalled and then restarted. President Biden decided to tap into the SPR to pull down gas prices, and South Carolina topped UConn to win the Women's National Basketball Championship. Tonight, it's Kansas-North Carolina matchup to settle the men's tournament. And now, the guy that was quicker than anybody to jump on the Kansas bandwagon. Good morning, Jim Wiesmeyer. How are you? <laughs> really good. Well, I speak in Kansas too much, so I had to be for that. <laughs> Even though I speak in North Carolina, not as much as Kansas. So, and they have, you know, both have a very good team, but that Kansas has several that will be in the NBA, Jim. Yeah, and only one of them's got a, I can't even hardly say his name, Agbaji. Yeah, yeah just but, fast. Yeah, Agbaji. Uh, the, there's only one team that's got him, and when he's hot like he came out against Villanova, holy smokes. Uh, you just knew that he, he wasn't going to let that, that Jayhawk team lose. So, yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And, and we have baseball this week starting. Starting on Thursday, opening yes. day. I'm happy. I'm, I'm thrilled. I have no idea what the starting lineup looks like for the Cubs. But I'll I'll have it figured out by June. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's get into some of the things here, Jim. Um, I'm gonna start. I, I because I want to take a look back at last week. Uh, I'll just say this on the on the uh, the employment data. It was a good report. I don't think it was a great report because wage growth is still not keeping up with inflation. But it was a good report, and it I builds on. It is building on some of the success that uh, that we've seen in the jobs recovery. Yes, I, I agree. And the inflation, though, is going to go higher. So yeah. I, I think uh, the the White House can't crow as much as they have been because of what you just said. Uh, although yeah. uh, employment, unemployment is going down. Uh, yeah and wage rates are going up, it, it's not beating uh, inflation. And now we're going to go into a cycle uh, that the FOMC uh, or the Fed uh, will be boosting rates probably by 50 basis points. And uh, uh, until you get that interest rate chip at or above the rate of inflation, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you, you, you know, the Fed is in a box. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and when you take a look at uh, the the interest rate versus the inflation rate, we're still looking at what true economists will call negative interest rates, yes. and and as a result, as a result, we're not doing a whole lot to slow things down. Uh, now, one of the things that that the the White House, the Biden administration, did last week was they announced that they are going to tap. The SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, a million barrels a day for potentially the next six months. 180 million barrels could come out of the SPR. It, it's it's the biggest use of the SPR ever, Jim. Yeah, and and the, you know the market went down significantly. 
Uh, so it, it will have an impact short term. Uh, now, the worry warts uh, say, oh, my goodness, what about the future when we really have a crisis? I, I don't know why they don't well, call this a crisis. It, but OK, put me in the worry wart group yeah. because because we've got to replace that crude oil, too, Jim. We can't just take the take the crude out and not replace it. It's got to be replaced. So that prolongs the, the period of higher prices. Uh, it, it could, uh, but you know, markets have a way of being so volatile also yeah. on the downside too. So that will be the time, but we still have what? 330 million, you know, 330 yeah. million barrels, you know, although, uh, not nearly <laughs> at the top, uh, you know, I, I don't blame him for doing it. Uh, sure. It was political. They won't say it's third, political, but it was. Third time. Yes, absolutely. Third time. So, um, for, for an administration that says they're all against fossil fuels, they're sure making good use of them. He has switched big time for the short term. And you have a number of states now. I think it's interesting, uh, led to my original home state, uh, that are going out of their way to either cut gasoline taxes, uh, give rebates, et cetera, not only at the city of Chicago level, but now they're debating it in the uh, in 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 the legislature in Illinois and a number of uh, uh, in, in, in a number of states. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether that's the right thing to do because that's a lack of revenue for the future as well for for transportation. Well, and <laughs> you know, from a from a a guy that that wants to let the markets do what they do to slow down use. Yeah, the way that you slow down use is hold prices high enough for a long enough period of time to slow down use. The interference, the government interference is just, again, prolonging it. There is an editorial in the Wall Street Journal uh, that uh, says, uh, it's not the Wall Street Journal saying it, but a commentary, that price controls are just a matter of time. If we go to price controls, I just think we have not learned anything. Right. Uh, in the past, uh, because that will really make matters worse. So this country is really heading in the wrong direction if the White House were to announce uh, you know, you know, price controls. Nixon did it, Ford yeah. did it in a way, you know, so we have not learned. That's right. That's right. Hopefully we do not get to the price controls. Okay. Uh, if you would like to participate in the conversation, please just click on your comments tab or your comments button. And that'll open up a dialogue box for you. Send us a message. We'd love to have it. Uh, the there, There's some relief for the livestock producers. The emergency livestock relief program uh, was updated last week, I believe. Yes. A uh, yeah. month late, but it still came out. Uh, and you don't even have to sign up for it. That's, that's yeah. one good thing. And USD is introducing, and this is goals with the administration's uh, ideology they're calculating uh, the payments based uh, you, you know by a, a, a payment percentage chip 90% for historically underserved producers and 75% for others i think you're going to see this in more you know farm programs from this administration a, another phase of the payments is planned but they expect 500 almost 580 million dollars to come out in livestock disaster aid yeah. so it looks like they will accelerate now because you don't even have to sign up so we won't have to yeah. go to the morass of of uh, all, uh, all the delays on that okay do you care to 
uh, describe, explain, define the underserved? It's out there. You know, the language is out there at the county and state offices. And I'm also researching the payment caps because I think USDA got unnecessarily creative in the payment cap for this and the coming crops, uh, you know, WIP plus. Uh, note that they, rec- they they called this another name, as you said, Emergency Livestock Relief Program right. for uh, a higher fee cost. And, you know, this is a fee cost, but I'm not going to browbeat uh, aid where it's needed. And in the livestock sector, it's definitely needed. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, we got the prospective plantings report last week. I'm rounding and rounding big time, but I think that that's okay for this, this uh, setting. Uh, we took 4 million acres off of last year's corn plantings and put them over onto soybean plantings, Jim. Wow. Big swap. Yeah. And when you look at history, now you'll know this, Chip, you don't vary too much from the prospective plantings to the June acreage report. You may yeah. find some acres there, but yep. not the significant ones. And I think this was a case where analysts and traders uh, thought too much because they knew the fertilizer prices were surging. They knew that that the you know diesel well, fuel was going up, and and that's affected the corn plantings. Yeah, and availability concerns. When yeah. you get it, when you get a call from your fertilizer supplier in December or January, saying, "You know what? We think we're going to be able to get you everything that you need." You start making adjustments at that time to to uh, you know get the best use out of the fertilizer that you possibly can. So. The availability concerns, I think, played into this as well. Yes, I agree. And now we could have some wiggle room. Uh, over the weekend, Political was the first to report, we commented on the proformer.com site, that Vilsack sent, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack sent a letter to uh, my friend, yeah. the CEO of the National Grain and Feed Association, Mike Seifert, saying uh, uh, opening up the CRP for new plantings uh, is just not feasible. And he listed the reasons that we've discussed on this program. Takes up yeah. to two years to really, really get that land. But he did say a caveat in there. He said it at early signals. It's not done yet. But they don't think they're going to get the 4 million acres in the new CRP enrollment. So there could be, depending on where the farmer was in his, his or her attitude when they filled out that prospective planning survey, we could get some additional acres uh, uh in uh, in that format, Chip. Right, right. Just a reminder, just a year ago, the prospective plantings report on corn intentions was lower than what we ended up and bean intentions were higher than what, where we ended up. So you only have to go a year back to find that year when there has been some movement. Uh, the other thing, 2018 was the last time, and I think, I think the only time in which the soybean planting intentions came in above corn planting intentions. So perspective. How much was the difference uh, last year? Uh, uh, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but we went from a 91.1 to a 93.4. So added 2.3. Yeah. So, which is about the difference uh, on, on the trade expectations the 89.49 million acre corn planting intentions, about 2.5 million below the pre-report 
trade guess, average trade guess. But if that happens again, it's interesting. Why didn't NAS pick that up? Right, right. And and two years in a row, why didn't yes. NAS pick that up? And interestingly so, to go by, I'm going to have a story later this week that's going to be an interesting one, Chip. I didn't tell you this yet. I've had a number of emails and telephone conversations from the ag sector saying USDA needs to rethink their ag outlook forum, uh, both when they do it and how they do it. Uh, because, you know, they were way off. This was before the war, you know, February 24th when they did theirs. But uh, I, I'm sensing a need to rethink the timing based on, on my emails to maybe December, you know, uh, because then it's closer to the WASD that they use as yeah. the baseline. Yeah, that's know? right. And uh, look back at the year and maybe do some early look. But uh, but uh, I, I'm sensing a lot of negativity from from people on that. And then a, several of them also said that NAS, remember what, in May, April or May, I think May, they, they do a data users conference in Chicago. Yeah. A number of them are saying they, sh they should have their event in Washington at the same time as the Ag Outlook Forum. To, so you can get the networking back to the Ag Outlook Forum, what the way it used to be. Oh that, my gosh, it, that would it be hasn't, awesome! It hasn't been that way for the last few years. And then a number of them also said, "I'm giving you the highlights of my special report." That it looks like the topics addressed at the Ag Outlook Forum is getting too. Uh, 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 political uh, for the topics of the current administration. That raised some of uh, my eyebrows on that. Okay, one. climate smart. There was a big, uh, yeah. big focus on the climate smart farming. Yes. So anyway, we but you know we might you know if if you have callers uh, you know yeah. you know you know tell us about that. Email us regarding that. Uh, but it will be a story I'll be putting out later okay. this week. And, and, and I think it's a worthwhile thing to, you know, sure. to talk and discuss. Sure, sure. Okay, so we got the perspective plannings report out of the way. This week, we will get the uh, monthly World Ag Supply and Demand Estimates, the WASD or Supply and Demand Report. Friday. That, that will come on Friday. We do not get the first look at the 2022-23 marketing year. That won't come until next month in May. So, but still, very important report coming up at the end of the week. Yeah, uh, and interestingly, Chip, uh, unlike the last few months, CONAB, the USDA equivalent, right, in, in Brazil, comes out with their updated forecast Thursday, Thursday, a day before, and USDA usually, I think, will Front follow what, yeah. what they're saying. So yeah. that will be of note then to, to give a leading indicator on Thursday. And I do want to mention on fr Friday also the United Nations FAO updates the food price forecast. Now, some people are saying Thursday. I'm not quite sure where they're getting that, but I checked the FAO site and it says coming out Friday. I bring this up because I think they're going to be a they're, they've been a better reflection of food prices overall to trend than USDA. I think USDA okay. has been behind the curve. You're seeing that in egg prices now yeah. uh, that that is affected uh, 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 increasing amount of the of the of the not only the uh, chicken flock but the turkeys as well. Right at uh, Easter time too. Right. Right. 
Okay. Just real quick, a note from our friend Kevin Papp. He says, I agree. Let's get Ag Outlook back like it was. So that would be a nice move. Jim, um, we we really didn't get into the fertilizer prices or the influence of of what's going on with the prices uh, of fertilizer on, on acres too much. But it sounds like there's a possibility that USDA is looking to tap into the Commodity Credit Corporation to offset some of those fertilizer prices. Is that right? I didn't hear it because I hit the wrong button and got myself oh. off the program. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to see you back, Jim. Yeah. Glad to see you back. Uh, what okay. was the point? But, and okay. Kevin's a good friend of ours. You know, what he, did he say again? I he, he just said, I agree. Let's get Ag Outlook back like it was. Uh, good. Kudos. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, just tapping CCC funds to provide some relief for fertilizer prices. It's no one wants to talk about it since I wrote about it last <laughs> week. I think people have gone mum on that one. USDA officially is telling people no direct payments at this time. So that's about yeah. the best update. However, the House that you're going to see action in both the Senate and the House this week on additional aid to uh, small businesses. And, okay. uh, and COVID aid in the Senate, and and there's a House bill that primarily will have additional aid and much-needed aid to the restaurants. Uh, okay. There's still some money left in that, I was told, that ag stakeholders are asking about. I don't know whether there'll be anything in there or not, but, uh, Chip, every lawmaker I talk to, and their staffs primarily, uh, mentioned the 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 uh, crunch that that uh, you, uh, you know producers are having relative to fertilizer and diesel fuel cost. I mean, this diesel fuel thing is really increasing as a uh, uh, as a factor. I get it. I get it. And I'm not going to. I'm sure that this will come off as heartless or callous or whatever. But when you're at six dollar and ninety seven and a half cent December corn futures, you can still pencil a profit. True. True. Okay. True. Uh, but USD again, remember my line on logic in Washington. One I, plus one on a good day is three. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay. Uh, real quick, I want you to comment on this because the U.S. Department of Justice has dropped the charges against five of the ten defendants in the chicken price-fixing charges, okay? Jim, it, we've got two hung juries. And I'm thinking that they cannot put together a jury that understands the, what's going on to, to come to a judgment. You're probably more accurate than most people on that one. You know, it's akin to understanding dairy policy. By the yeah. time you truly understand it, they'll either change it or it's time to retire. Okay. Yeah. I also think they didn't have the information that they needed to convict Chip. And that should have been known early on. So, again, right. this goes into the the theme that, uh, who was it, Tyson told us a couple of weeks ago, this is an administration of announcements, yeah. not details. And oh, Tyson Redpath. Jeez, Tyson don't talk Redpen. about poultry processors and mention Tyson without putting his last <laughs> yeah, name on true. it at the same that's time. Sorry. Tyson Redpath from the <laughs> Russell Group. You clarified for me and saved my behind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, when it, it, the thing is that it's, uh, it, I think it's got some importance because of 
in the cattle market too, because I think it's going to make the Department of Justice hesitant to bring the bring any charges in the in the cattle market investigation too. Yeah, you know, I was interesting. You had uh, you, you know what's his name Bernstein on Agritalk? Yeah, Jared Bernstein. Uh, inflation or whatever job yeah. numbers. I'm surprised he he doesn't uh, uh, tell us where he points his fingers at the meat processing industry. Maybe right. they're off of that now. Let's hope they are. Well, I've I tried to push him on that two or three conversations ago and he didn't want to go there. Yes, good. So maybe they backed off of it. Yes. Okay. Uh, boy, we got a lot of ground to cover yet here, Jim. Let's get the latest on Russia and Ukraine. Uh, it uh, the, it the was so bad over the weekend. When Russia oh. pulled back, You, it's like peeling off an onion where you cry, in this case, literally, on what you see. Yeah. And they saw atrocities. Uh, so much that European Union officials are discussing, I think it's on tap Wednesday, of uh, significantly increasing sanctions, Chip, and this is going to go into the energy market. So we could have some some big impacts here. The U.S. side is talking secondary sanctions because uh, the administration is getting upset at some countries that are going behind the scenes and helping Russia out. So I think that this has added momentum to get uh, further sanctions against Russia for deplorable actions that are now vivid in some of the uh, scenes right right uh, a war is many times driven by the political or the pr machine behind it and zelensky is winning i did not see his presentation to the grammy awards last night i did what'd you think yeah, well, he used musical overtone, so he was on cue, you know, yep. he knew his audience, you know, yep. and then they had a beautiful song by John Legend on the piano and the singer, so it was quite effective, quite effective. Yeah. See, they've, he's, he has really done a fantastic job of putting the rest of the world on his side. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, from Brett. Very straightforward question. What does se- secondary sanctions look like? <laughs> Again, we need to know because this is an administration, some say, of announcements rather than details. When we get yeah. to the details, they hold back. So I don't know. To answer your question, uh, we should find out if they're really serious about secondary sanctions. You know, there's a growing number of people here who say the White House uh, really doesn't want Ukraine to totally win uh, because they're afraid of what Putin may do if he yeah. knows he's going to lose big time, not right. what he's lost already. And, and, and I would be remiss not to point that out. Yeah. Uh, but they could, there's a number of things that they could do that in Russia, they could, they could get at more of the oligarchs, which has really been effective to getting at some of the, of the leaders of Putin. You know, he's not totally in control there, but on the secondary sanction side, that gets into your very sensitive area of China. And, uh, if they can cite official 
uh, evidence that China is helping Russia out, then then you could get into uh, you know possible direct sanctions on yep. China. And I know that's not where the administration wants to go at this time. Right, I would agree. Okay, very quickly on these uh, on these two, Jim. Um, the the count on the bird flu outbreak in the U.S. continues to go up. What thirteen percent of the flock? I mean, it's yeah. starting to add up now. And I know uh, Iowa is the is the uh, key point for egg production. Yep. So you haven't seen the price run up. I know you've seen price run ups, but not like the other sections of of the country. And it and they are rising again, which is going to tie into. I know it's only one product, but it's going to tie into the food price in, in the uh, uh, in the months ahead. And this is going to get worse. Now Reuters had a late breaking story this morning that USDA was considering a vaccine to to uh, deal with the bird flu that that if that's the case now there are some I have to go back and research again there are some things that if you use a vaccine that gets into the trade policy of how countries can deal with you on trade Jim so that's going to be right. an angle that I'm going to be researching today so watch that right. story whether or not the administration announces the need for vaccines Right. Okay. Uh, today was supposed to be the final day of the shutdown in Shanghai. And instead they've doubled down and shut the entire city down. Yes. 25 million people. Oh. And it's, it's big. It is big. And that's adding to the logistics concern. That's going to stretch out the time that we're going to get back to whatever the new normal is for the, uh, 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 a supply chain. Uh, a short term, it's a negative. Longer term, the changes we're going to see are going to be positive because we're going to beef up uh, our our manufacturing sector, our chip, uh, you know, technology here, and also in Mexico. Mexico's going to be the beneficiary. Yeah. So I'm looking as an investor and in, in Mexico, America. by the way, and Central America, absolutely, absolutely. Honduras, it's, Ecuador. It's good, it's good for Central America, which absolutely. I applaud. I applaud. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Let's get to the week ahead. I don't know if this is good news or not, but both the house and the Senate are in session. They're in session. We're going to have, should have a final vote on the new, you know, Miss Jackson, Ms. Jackson, uh, Thursday, I think it'll be a Supreme panel. Court. Yeah. It'll be a Senate panel vote today. Uh, it'll be probably evenly split 11, 11, uh, Republicans and Democrats, Republicans, no Democrats yet. That'll get it out of the committee. And there's at least one, if not a potential three, uh, Republican votes on the Senate floor. She will be approved. Uh, yeah. at a number of cases, they want to get that COVID aid package in the Senate around $10 billion out by the end of this week. Why the rush by the end of this week now? Because Congress is going to be out about two weeks for Easter recess, Chip. So right. this is going to be, you know, you know, Congress, they always work on a deadline and they want to get out of town for Easter. That's right. That's right. On Wednesday, on Wednesday, there is going to be a House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee on Oversight and Investigations. They're going to be taking a look at big oil and gasoline prices. Pointing the finger again, Jim. Ab pointing the finger. Absolutely. And I think the these are CEO levels, if I recall. And they're going to say, look, look at the shackles you put on us. Not only did you do not do the XL, you halted the XL you know, pipeline, you know, Keystone XL pipeline. 
they're giving the message to investors, Chip, not to invest in the crude oil industry longer term. Right. And that is a key. Why, why would you want to develop all these uh, uh, oil sectors? Uh, you know, uh, uh, when when you, you cannot give investors the the confidence that this industry is not going to be attacked for, you know, for the years ahead. That'll probably come out loud and clear during the hearing. Yeah. What is this about fining uh, oil producers for not using leases? It's it's ju just again the the. <laughs> it's your fault. It's not ours. Yes, it doesn't make sense. It plays to their uh, to some in the Democratic okay. Party. I'm not going to say all. It's just an insult to 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 do things like that. Right, right. It's like to fine a corn producer not to plant, Chip. You yeah. know. Yep. Let the economics determine that. Right, right. Okay, um, farm bill. I know that there's talk about when, what it's going to contain. Is it going to be evolutionary or revolutionary? They don't have the money to be revolutionary, okay? Uh, they will, they'll have a two hearings uh, this week, as well they should. I'm never against hearing to open up and see what worked and what didn't work, even though they really haven't done that in many of their hearings so far. And there are a number of lawmakers uh, that from both political parties who say you, you'll have uh, the, the beginning of the Farm Bill uh, votes, if you will, this year. I just, I would bet against that and give you 10 to 1 odds. It's not going to happen. Not when the House very likely is going to go from Democrat to Republican control. Right. Uh, so I, I would look upon the hearings as uh, uh, you know, background information, oversight, which is always needed, but I wouldn't get too excited about it. All right. Very good. Um, one minute, Jim. One minute. What else? What else are you watching in the week ahead? Well, I'm going to be downtown tonight at my favorite restaurant, Trotteria Alberto, along with other people from Washington to talk to Texas A&M students. So I always like that. That's the give back part. But you see, I'm always energized when I go to those you know, dinners, Chip, because some of the quality students oh. uh, that, that you see out there and the questions they ask. And David Wasserman of the Cook Political Report with Amy Walter is going to be there. So I always like to hear him. So I, I'm looking forward to that this evening. Makes for a long day, however. Boy, that but, sounds that sounds like a good page on in Pro Farmer this. Yeah, week. <laughs> we'll see. The other thing I'm I'll be tracking this week is whether or not this fertilizer aid has any legs, or is it just uh, hoped for by a number of right. uh, you know, stakeholders? I do know that rice producers want assistance sure. because, as we've discussed, they've not had the price appreciation. So no, that's I right. feel their pain. I, I, I feel that as well. Hey, Theo brought up something that I wanted to talk about, and I, I meant to talk about it when we were talking about pulling the, the crude out of the SPR. Why not just flip the switch on E15? Now, Theo is asking the question, can they use the farm bill to help with national E15? I, I don't think so in the farm bill. The reason is the energy uh, panels and maybe a couple other panels would, would, uh, would, would say jurisdictional issue. Yeah. So it doesn't qualify for a farm bill uh, you know, section, even though there is, is an energy title. So I'm not going to dismiss that question. I'll, I'll research it. Okay? okay. And we'll come back with that 
next week on a national E15. Yeah. I, I ju you, you just, uh, I don't know why EPA doesn't regroup and come back with that chip. Remember, they were struck down by the courts because apparently they have horrible lawyers at uh, who don't know how to write or whatever or to win cases. Uh, so EPA would be the avenue. Congress to get anything done on ethanol not the way to go because there's no consensus between the crude oil and the biofuel people. They continue to fight against each other, which takes us to the other side, Chip, at yeah. the state level. You're going to see a number of states do the E15 uh, because yeah. they're tired of waiting. Iowa and a number of other states, they're pushing it and it will go. Very good. Very good. Okay. This morning on AgriTalk, We've got Machinery Pete, as always, talking about a hot machinery market. And we're going to talk with AEM Equipment Manufacturers, Kip Eideberg. Looking forward to that conversation as well. Jim, good job today. Boys of Summer are back on Thursday. Keep go waiting Kansas. for it. Go Kansas. Go ahead. Go Kansas. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals. <laughs>